0: Well, thank you very much for asking me to speak today on what is an extremely interesting subject. So, I was involved in the very early days of telecommunications regulation. I've advised government on energy regulation. I've dealt with the farmers, the healthcare commission, a review for government of water. And I'm now chair of the rail regulatory body. So what I'm going to try and do is to pull together some of my experience from all of that. I should also say, actually, I chair an organisation called the National Centre for Young People with Epilepsy, which is a potential competitor uh, in the provision of healthcare services as well. So I shall talk about it from that angle as well. I do want to say something which is perhaps obvious, but I still felt I wanted to say it during my five years at the Healthcare Commission, I became a very, very, well, I was already, but deeply committed to the NHS. So anything that I am going to go on and say about competition is against the backdrop of the significance and importance for our society of having health care for all, free at the point of delivery and need. And I think that as we get an older population and as there are technological developments and change, the challenges of being able to finance and keep that going are absolutely huge. In that context, I do believe that competition has a role to play. And what I'm going to try and do is to highlight where in my last 20 years of experience, I think, it could have something to add to health care. One other point, actually, I wanted to make though, is going to be a thread through uh, all of the rest of what I'm going to say. The NHS, like railways, has a lot of public sector money. That means our interests in healthcare, as with railways, are engaged, both as patients, passengers, and actually as taxpayers. And I think that adds a huge challenge, which it is really important for us not to overlook. Most of the work that has been done on the utilities over the last 20 years has been in sectors where there is private sector money now financing that sector, and basically competition works. There are limits on it, but basically it works. Where you've got this mix of public and private sector money, I think you've got a set of more complex issues which. Actually, we haven't cracked. So although, I don't know whether Carol would agree with this, so, so although this country has been a trailblazer on some of private sector investment into utility regulation, this mix of the public and private sector remains a real challenge for us. Now, it actually, the reason it really matters is this. There is going to come a point which... If the NHS isn't delivering reasonably efficiently and well for people, there will gradually be a debate about whether everybody wants to contribute as taxpayers to the NHS. That seems to me, if we were to get to that point in society, I'm not suggesting it would happen soon, but it's happened, of course, in education. If that happens, I believe that society would be a huge loser. And it's that that drives me to say how important I think it is that we, and particularly the King's Fund in leading this debate, look fearlessly at, has competition got something to offer the NHS? And if so, what? Because it won't be competition red in tooth and claw. So, having said that, just a few points from my own experience. My own experience over the last 20 years suggests that there is a real value to competition in these essential services. I mean, the two that spring to mind for me are telecommunications and energy. In telecommunications, I was the Deputy Director General of Zofftel when the Labour Government won in 1997. And I went into the first meeting with John Battle, who was a minister from, on telecommunications, a newly appointed minister from inner city Leeds. And actually, Don Cruikshank and I didn't know whether we were going to be abolished. We could have walked out of that room being told that we were going to be abolished, because The utility uh, organisations, the regulators, have been so much creatures of the uh, then Conservative government. Actually, what John Battle said to us was, my inner city constituency, ten years ago nobody had a telephone. Now I'm surprised if one of my constituents doesn't. And as far as I'm concerned, that's a revolution worth happening. Now I am not thereby saying that I think that revolution can read straight across to healthcare because I don't. For reasons I'm going to go on and say, what I thought that was, was imaginative about the benefits for people that he was therefore willing to embrace competition. I think in telecommunications and energy, we've had a decade or so of falling prices, actually because of the underlying technology changes that took place in those sectors. I won't go into those. Now, there are, of course, technological developments in healthcare as well. And capitalising on those on behalf of patients seems to me to be important. And if competition can play a role, great. Next really important point I want to make is this. People talk about competition as though it's a monolithic whole. And it is not. It's good in some places and bad in others. It works in some parts of a market and not in others. And I now think that the debate in the NHS and healthcare needs to get down to that more granular level. So it seems to me that if you look at healthcare as a whole, there are some sectors where you could introduce competition. For example, operations on hips and knees, much more routine, much more easily than you ever could the major heart, stroke or cancer sectors, where you need the technology and actually you need organizations large enough to surge the region as a whole. In other words, we have to think differently about different parts of the healthcare sector. Secondly, there is a huge value in comparative competition. People think, I think, of competition about public versus private. We must let the private sector in. It doesn't have to be that, is really the point I'm seeking to make. There is a huge value in comparing like organizations publishing information and driving value for money and better performance through that route. What water sector has achieved through comparative competition has been absolutely enormous. Now, those are private sector companies, but I think the same could apply in like areas for healthcare. Indeed, though I recognise that in saying this, I'm going to be a bit controversial, but I'm going to appear in front of the Midstaff's Public Inquiry next week for the Health Care Commission, and there clearly are issues that have to be teased through about mid-staffs. But there is no doubt that it was very sophisticated comparative information which ultimately allowed us to get at what was happening in mid-staffs. That kind of comparative information, published, available to all, can help drive something which I think is really very... It may not be what everybody means by competition, but it is in effect that... The third point I wanted to make was this, and actually this point I had not been going to make, but arises from a very quick pre-discussion I was having with Baroness Thornton. You can have more restricted forms of competition, and I think they might be worth thinking about in terms of healthcare. Let me tell you what I mean by that. And this example comes absolutely from the rail sector. In the rail sector, what we do is we give franchises for the major passenger services in areas. But we do believe as the rail regulator and the value of competition. So we have developed a form of limited competition. We describe it, uh, economists would understand this, as not primarily abstractive. In other words, we allow it into an area if it isn't going to take away from the incumbent and fundamentally mean that the incumbent can't provide the basic services. Now, there are all sorts of problems and complexities with that, actually, but... It does work, and the best ratings in the railway sector come from those, what we call open access operators. If this was to be adapted for healthcare, some other phrase would be needed. But it's a form of limited competition, is my point. Then, finally, in this section on competition, the point I wanted to make was that I do think that, as part of the 21st century, we all expect and are owed information about our essential services. So we're actually going to have to move towards a world, as the Health Commission tried to do, and the Care Quality Commission and others, the King's Fund, Nuffield Trust, lots of others are doing, whereby people, patients, actually get a lot of information about the services that are being provided to particular entities for them. Now, if you provide people with that information and they look and they discover that the MRSA or the C. diff rates are higher in their hospital, they're going to want to go somewhere else. And so that information which we require and can get as part of the 21st century world is inevitably going to lead on to people saying, actually, I don't like what's going on there and I want to go somewhere else. And actually, the NHS is going to have to have some sort of solution to that. To keep people with it throughout the 21st century. Having talked about those issues, I just then do want to go on and talk a little bit about the value for money issues. I mean, I am actually really quite struck by some of the similarities between healthcare and rail. That sounds odd, I know, but I'm going to go on and explain why. Both are essential services, both, I think, are complicated because they're fundamentally networked services. One organisation alone cannot provide the service, and that's particularly true, obviously, of healthcare with the patient pathway. Both have very significant sums of public money going in, and it's very clear to me in dealing with the railway sector to what extent some of the debates that we have are arise from the anxiety of public money going into private sector companies, which may not be delivering efficiently. So what I really want to say here is that I do think that where public money is being spent, particularly on a key service, this question of value for money, and if it's the private sector that's providing a service, that it's provided efficiently, and that private sector company is manifestly not profiting simply for itself, become very big issues. And I do not think actually our work so far in relation to utility regulation has the answers to some of that. It needs to be thought about more. So what would I say, putting all of this together? I think the competition does have some real value and issues to offer. However, it needs to be thought about in a sophisticated way. Competition can be uh, uh, they're in parts of the healthcare sector while not necessarily being applicable for all. I do think that people now will want and demand information and that will lead to issues about choice, where public money is being spent. There are issues about both the quality of care and where we are as taxpayers and how money flows into private sector companies and whether that's being used fully in the public interest all of which also need to be thought about. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Alan.